0: Yankee Doodle went to town arriving riding on his pony Ah, oh, I love taking my bath Peace and quiet All alone And called it macaroni Oh, two, three Hi, buddy Bert Oh, hi, Ernie hey, Will you close the door? Ernie, there's a draft Hold well, just a second, Bert Ernie, what are you doing? You can't push the piano through the bathroom door. Why, sure I can, Bert. Watch. (laughs) Ah! See? Ernie, what are you doing with a piano in the bathroom? Well, Bert, I heard you singing in the tubby there. Yeah? And so I thought I would just come in and sing along. I may go out tomorrow if I can borrow a coat to wear. Oh, I'd step out in style with my sincere smile and my dancing bear Outrageous, alarming, courageous, charming Oh, who would think a boy and bear could be well accepted everywhere It's just a can you help me? I have lost my sense of direction. Have you tried Harry Christmas? You've got talent, kid. You can make millions of people happy. Seen at the nicest places where well-fed faces all stop to stare. Making the grandest entrance is Simon Smith and his dancing bear. They'll love us. Don't they? They feed us. Don't they? Oh, who would think a boy and bear could be well accepted everywhere? It's just this evening, I will perform a feat of lunatic daring. I told you all along that there was a Snuffleupagus, but you never believed me. You know, I don't think this show is suitable for children. I don't think this show is suitable for anybody. <laughs> 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 Who needs money when we're funny? Ah. A great attraction everywhere will be. Simon Smith and his dancing bear. It's Simon Smith and his amazing dancing bear. Together! Yes! Oh yes! There's no business like show business like no business I no, everything about it is appealing. Everything the traffic will allow. Nowhere could you get that happy feeling when you are stealing that extra bow. There's no people, people like so. no people. They, they smile when they are lost with a turkey that you know will fold. You may be stranded out in the cold, but still you wouldn't change it for a sack of gold. Let's go!
1: Kermit. Uh, yes, this is the animation aficionado's Muppet Spectacular. Uh, I am your host, Ben, and we're joined by my co-host, TV's Mr. Neal. What do you think of Wilkins' coffee? And as Kermit says, we have joining us, Stephanie O'Donnell. Hi. And back for the first time in a long time, Dawn. Dawn? It's time to get things started. Let's get to the podcast already.
0: Time to get things started on oh, the most sensational, inspirational, celebrational, motivational. This is what
2: we call the
1: market show. Okay, sounds like Don is <laughs> in a...
2: the
3: absolute worst time.
4: Don. He's a feisty one, but he'll soon learn Gosh. some respect.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Don
1: is uh, in a... uh... Okay, Don. Just returned from the distortion field. All right. I am so. Uh, God, I'm sorry. Okay, Don. That's okay. The Muppets is a very interesting topic because the Muppets started as local access. You know that that's the thing that we have to keep on remembering. Local access should should not really die because that's where all these geniuses come from. A local access Washington D.C. program Jim Henson had called Salmon Friends.
4: That's right. And it's where it's where Kermit came from. Kermit was originally I think it was made out of like a, a raincoat or something and a couple of golf balls that they just split in half. Ping pong balls, actually. And, yeah, ping pong. Yeah. And he wasn't even a frog at first. He was he was I think he was supposed to be a lizard. Some sort and, of lizard. Yeah. He was very abstract. In fact all the characters on that show was were abstract. They were uh they were just kinda they were the first anything Muppets, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah it was a not too much survives of this show, I don't think. Uh you had the character the main character, Sam, who kind of looks like Wallace, Wallace and Gromit and uh and the rest of them were just very crude sock puppets. Proto Muppets, uh, if you will. Yeah, very proto muppets. And this gave rise to the Muppets and they uh quickly branched out and uh before you knew it you had uh Jim Henson doing television commercials like the the Wilkins Coffee commercials and uh the The Lachoy dragon, you know <laughs> the the LaToy dragon
5: I did not know about that
4: inside the Lachoy Dragon, even though it was voiced by Jim Henson, that was uh, another puppeteer by the name of Frank Oz, and uh Jim and Frank were very quick friends and they were the best of friends you know they they basically made the Muppets together, and they went on and they did the Ed Sullivan show and the Tonight show and um e- and even in the seventies they were doing s n l and stuff like that
1: it's 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 the best comedy always comes from duos i find
4: yeah and uh there are other shows like the jimmy dean show which is where ralph came from the muppets were appearing a lot of variety shows and two of my favorites were uh one of the first appearances on well maybe not the first appearance but they were on the the tonight show with johnny carson and uh yeah the the drunken guy who was like knocking on the door to a new year's eve party and Singing this wonderful song that I that I love.
0: Please open the door to a stranger who's weary of trouble and strife. I'll bring you a song on my banjo and tell you the cares of my life. Let me in. I hear me.
4: And. Another one is the debut of the beautiful day monster where you have this, you have this little girl who I think is like a precursor to Prairie Dawn. And she's just like, Oh, the sky is so beautiful. And then the beautiful day monster says something and, uh, starts raining and she says, Oh, the rain is beautiful. And then the beautiful day monster makes it stop raining. And finally, like the bird starts chirping and he whips out a gun and shoots the bird. It, it is hysterical. (laughs) It's Jim Henson and Frank Oz had this. Wonderful sense of humor that was just, you know, very sharp, kind of kind of wicked at times, but it was it was wonderful.
1: It, it's the humor I like—the ones that slip slip under the radar—that is almost adult but not quite. That's the kind of humor I like out of that era of Muppets. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
5: Yeah, before you know, before Tipper Gore and you know sensors and V-chip. Although, that's not to, that's not to say that the Muppets belong on FX now. Or You're say just, that the Muppets,
1: you know. des- or say that the early Sesame Streets deserve that, uh, parental warning sticker.
5: Yeah, exactly. You know.
1: Yeah, and then for people that don't know, yes, the, Mupp- the original Sesame Street seasons have a parental warning saying may not be suitable so f- for children, so I'll Why let you all. Why is that? Oh, because, it, because. It, it... It's
3: because, uh, it's because back in the old days, kids entertainment was fucking scary.
1: Oh, the, the original polish okay. so, you know, it, guess was fucking it, scary. Yeah, it, it's
3: like it's like the same th- it's like the same thing as you know it's really old school Disney. You know how you what I mean how you how you watch like Snow White and you're like oh happy happy dwarves and then you're like oh god the queen.
5: Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. And then and yeah.
1: then you have and then you have stuff like uh, Pluto going to hell. Oh yeah.
5: Yeah, that can be a problem.
1: But I don't think kids really have a problem with being scared. Kids like getting scared.
5: I yeah, mean.
3: kids do. It's just it's.
4: Kids like getting scared it's, it's and, having, parents. and having their parents. They love talking.
5: being scared.
3: It's parents that, like, kind of... They don't like having to explain to kids what's going on.
1: Well, see here, Jimmy, <laughs> the, with when the, with the boy, what he does is he takes this and he puts it in that, and, yeah, that's how it works, Jimmy. Are you talking about sex
3: or puppeteering? Puppeteering. Okay. They're very hard to tell apart
4: sometimes.
1: <laughs> yes, it is. But uh,
5: moving on... And <laughs> Yeah. Love each other uh, well, very much.
4: Well, going back to the, the status of Kermit, what the hell he was, uh, Kermit in the 60s kind of flipped back and forth from being a lizard to a frog. And it wasn't until a show called, or a special called Tales from Muppetland, The Frog Prince, where he was actually officially a frog. And that was also the one that introduced Robin. His, his was, nephew. Yeah, who was not his nephew in the show, in that particular show, but he was introduced there. And he was the frog prince and he was, you know, Prince Robin Robin the Brave.
0: Bravely bold, Sir Robin, brought forth from Camelot.
1: Yeah. What 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 I remember is there was actually a period right when Kermit was decided to be a frog where they gave him the collar. Yeah. And there was actually a time where he had a double collar.
4: Yeah, that's that's a weird one, but I kinda like the double collar. It, it you know, as as kind of like a retro thing. You know? <laughs> like that's that's when you know it's old. Kermit. It, it's sort
1: of like it's sort of like when the football team puts on the retro outfits.
4: Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's also that's also the the movie where we got uh, uh Sweetums. Sweetums was originally not played by uh, by Richard Hunt. It was actually Jerry Nelson, ah. who do, who also does Robin and. I don't think Jerry Nelson was was the voice of Sweetums in that, because Jerry Nelson has this really soft voice. And I always talk about all these gentle voices, but Jerry Nelson really has a soft voice. That's how you got Robin and you got Harry Monster and, and Floyd and, and Gobo
1: from, uh, from Fraggle Rock. And what I love was just the, you know, Sweetums is one of these scary-looking muppets that has such a gentle personality. But, you know, that's the thing. Yeah. Jim Henson was able to make these things that look absolutely horrifying to children. Like, Sweetums yeah. is one of them, but there's so many more that that were horrifying, and right after he died, they stopped making scary-looking Muppets.
4: Yeah, well, we're going to touch on that later, but yeah. The thing about Sweetums is that you knew he was a pushover, that he was no threat. He was law. a big sweetheart. He no, yeah, he was no threat to anyone, and he they really softened him up on The Muppet Show. And he's, he's, to this day, he's one of my favorites. <laughs> and uh, another, another special that came along around that same time was Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. And this is one of my favorites, because... Uh, what I love about the Muppets is that you have this—you have these sets that are scaled down to their size, and and uh, see the Muppets—they kind of look weird in the real world, but when you have their own their own sets, it brings it brings the whole production to life in a, in a way that you don't have in like the Muppet movie and uh, and other productions, and I don't think you're really gonna see in the most recent movie. Uh, and those are those are always my favorite when you have uh, little sets. <laughs> Or the Muppets, I don't know really, really how else to explain sort it. Sort of like Dog City, re- yeah, like Dog City. <laughs> oh, uh, God. I love Dog City. <laughs> I did not.
5: Just groaning, <laughs> collective groaning about Dog yeah. City. Was
3: it collective? I thought it was just me.
5: No, I think wasn't. Uh, weren't weren't uh, weren't you groaning? Ben? No,
1: I I love dogs. I love Dog oh, City. Oh,
5: somebody, I thought I heard someone else groaning.
1: But... Uh, Don was groaning for two.
3: Maybe, maybe oh. I'm haunted or possessed or something. <laughs> or pregnant. Yeah, that that too. That's happened
4: before.
5: Everything's possible.
4: <laughs> anyway, yeah, I watched that as a kid, Emma Otter's Jug Band Christmas. And what I didn't know about that show until, like, literally today is that was the first time that they had hooked up with Paul Williams, who uh, did all the music for the Muppet
1: movie and... uh it kind of shows, because that was really good music in that. The funny thing is, I didn't know what Paul Williams looked like until I saw that little clip from that Gabba Gabba Hay show.
4: Really? Yeah. He looks he looks much different now than he did back then. He kind of looked like this weird, you know, Elton John-looking guy. <laughs> and that's how I always thought of him back then. I'm like, who's this alternate-world Elton John guy that they keep getting?
3: He looks He, he looks like Truman Capote, having put on a <laughs> wig... And decided to go you know, to go out to his second life as a jazz, you know, as a as a jazz pianist.
1: You know what the name of his website is? What? Paul Williams Connection. Wow. Well,
4: he wrote one of the most memorable songs for the Muppets. Yes, he did. In fact, he wrote many of them. Yes. But anyway, but that's
5: that's um. Wasn't he also in uh, Phantom of the Paradise?
3: Um. Paul oh Williams? yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah.
5: yeah, he was the bad guy in it.
3: <laughs>
1: he was.
5: <laughs> Well, yeah, kind of. Yeah, cause he was like, he was like the evil record producer guy.
1: Oh, he was in the episode Picket Friends, Pences. Who knew? Oh, wow. And he was a, an orangutan in Battle for the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, the one right? where all the apes talk like this. Hey, I actually like those original ones. <laughs>
4: I know they're awesome, <laughs> but I, I love that kind of aesthetic—the way they talk and they—they they have that clacking mouth.
3: Maybe that's how apes actually talk. You know, maybe we're just trying to be too realistic with our CGI.
4: Right. But anyway, <laughs> now that we've gone through uh, we'll the early days of the now. Muppets, <laughs> now that we've done the early days of the Muppets, uh, let's move down to uh, that that street. You know.
5: Oh, that's right. Yeah, the one. Sesame with- Street. Sunny
3: yeah. days. Yeah. Can you tell me how to get to Sesame
1: Street? No. Ah. Uh,
5: GPS.
1: What I what I love was you just your GPS Watching out. those early Sesame Streets again. Uh, just recently, I rewatched a segment that I completely forgot about, where it's it's Kermit the Frog operating an X ray machine, and because I haven't seen this for so long, and because my era of Sesame Streets, they are phasing out all the good Muppets, <laughs> I completely <laughs> forgot fun. about Harry Monster. Yeah. Who was also Jerry Nelson. And I was watching this. I showed Neil and there's a lot of adult humor in this little, in this little skit because they have a, uh, because Kermit is x-raying Harry Monster. He's showing the digestive tract and he's having Harry eat a cracker and you can see it going through the digestive tract. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: mm-hmm.
1: then, and then it shows Harry's muscles and Harry says, wait, guys, see this? He gets out and it still shows his ex his x-ray of his muscles. And Harry says, nice pecs. Oh God! And what kid would get that? Well, it's an innocent joke, but it is
4: yeah, it is a little complex for your average four-year-old. But you know that that was that was Jim Henson inserting jokes for the adults to laugh at. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and you know, like I said earlier, the original Snuffleupagus is frightening as hell.
4: You know, that was the one
1: puppeteer that I didn't write down. I don't know about Snuffy. And what happened was the original Snuffleupagus had these evil green eyes. Oh yeah! Oh my God, the thing was horrifying. <laughs> and uh, and originally, Snuffleupagus was Big Bird's uh, imaginary friend for like thirteen years, right?
4: Yeah, and and then finally, I think uh, you know, parents groups were getting concerned about the, you know kids, you know, parents not believing their kids, you know, about being uh, molested. Well, molest- yeah, I didn't want to go there, but yeah, and so they they had to bring they had to bring Snuffy out of the closet. And-
5: I actually have a friend who. um was a, uh, an intern for uh, Jim Henson Productions, and um, she got to hold Grover, like really? the actual Grover, like without the without you know, like the actual Grover puppet. Grover she got one point oh. Car- she got to carry it like a baby.
1: But was it Grover one point I don't know. Well, the original Grover
4: was green, I think. Oh, yes, I'm back. Yeah, so I'm it
5: not. wasn't. It was like it was like the Grover that they use now. Oh, okay because I my age I know
1: Kermit so. 1.0 I think 5.0 are all in different museums and they all have the the chubby feet yeah yeah the original the original yeah Kermit right now i think is number 12 damn well the thing is this they make different kermits they make they make the marionette kermit for uh for full body shots rarely used they have uh they have sitting Kermit with all the legs, and then they have a hand puppet Kermit for just, uh, you know, torso shots. Right. They have a Kermit where they actually sewed on a tuxedo for him for live appearances, so Steve Whitmire can use him. But back to Sesame Street. <laughs> yes. Um,
4: there are two puppeteers that are, up, that are uh, associated with Sesame Street. I don't think they actually appear anywhere else. It's, uh, you know, Carol Spinney as Big Bird and Oscar, and uh, Martin P. Robinson as Telly. And Telly was, for the longest time, my favorite Muppet. Just because, you know, he was kind of this nervous character. And, you know, he'd like wring his hands. And, uh, what, I discovered that Telly has kind of like a weird origin because the reason why he's called Telly is because he used to be the television monster. He used to be like this kind of, this couch potato character. And he had like spiral eyes and he was like mesmerized by the TV. And the original Telly uh, puppet looks really scary. You,
3: you know, and, uh, I don't, uh, I, I don't remember ever. Anything with Telly in it at all? Well, and I, that's, really that, that's, I, that's,
1: I do. That's I the know, problem. But, that's the problem. They they phased them out.
3: No, but I mean, like I mean, like back when I was. Well, wh- when did they phase him out though? Because
1: in late eighties, early nineties. That's when they f- were phasing. Like I said, I forgot Harry Monster because they harried they phased him out at the same time.
4: I think Telly stuck around for a little bit longer than that. Because yeah, I have a more vivid
1: memory of him than I do Harry. Yeah. No, Telly uh-huh. was around for a bit, but. Uh, it's just sad because, because, you know, like, you know, like you said, the telly was, was a, uh, was a caricature of a bad habit. He was, he just sort of like Cookie Monster was a caricature of a bad habit. Mm-hmm. It was, it was like, it was like Jim Henson presents the seven deadly sins. Yeah. Yeah. In a
5: way, it was kind of like that.
1: <laughs>
4: you know, although was,
5: for obvious reasons, they could not have a lust monster.
1: Well, they did
4: have the you. Oh, God. The You? the letter U that was what what celebrity was. That I was Smokey on?
1: Robinson.
4: Oh yeah, that's right. And it was it was I, all yeah, over we had, him. We, we're gonna put this clip in the show notes. This this it was like fondling his legs and his butt and Ew. I swear it, it it like it did a, a crotch grab at one point. It it was pretty close.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. It was actually really funny because it's Smokey Robinson singing You Really Got a Hold on Me And then the letter U shows up and really got a hold of him. <laughs> Yeah.
5: Oh boy. Actually, picked them up and carry
1: them, kicking and screaming.
5: That's that's very awkward.
1: But that's okay because that was my era of Sesame Street.
4: Yeah, Sesame Street. No wonder it has that parental label on it. I mean, yeah, you have, you have puppets <laughs> that are fondling people. But you know what? You know what the Telly Monster was in? He was in Follow That Bird. That was the
1: swan song of my era.
4: Aww. Yeah. that that's that's when I checked out on Sesame
1: Street. And uh, one thing i got to say is it takes balls to make a story like that and make it to where the CPS worker was wrong. Yeah. Because, you know, if they made Fall That Bird today, they make the CPS worker right somehow.
3: No, no, I don't think... There's been a lot of backlash against CPS recently. Really? Yeah, you know, there's this whole conspiracy of them basically stealing children. Wow. Like,
4: yeah, like what, like... The, well, it's kind of what happened in this movie. Yeah, the, yeah that's the, exactly what happened
3: in this movie. There was this whole court case, you know, where about the CPS, you know, taking kids away under false circumstances by basically just, you know, um, you, you know, like taking things they said out of context about, you know, to make it seem like their household was bad, and then when someone sued them, what they did was was they 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 did that to the lawyers' kids.
1: Damn.
3: Yeah, I know. This, I mean, apparently they they have like. Waiting lists for kids and people can pick out the kind of kids they want. It's horrifying.
4: You know, one good thing. Well, among aside from that, the fact that the CPS worker was wrong. Another good thing I can say about uh, Sesame Street is that it had Elmo in it, but he didn't talk. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Elmo was silent. And uh, yeah, Sesame Street was a was a wonderful show. I mean, the the Muppets are already like an analog for uh, for. You know, racial diversity and harmony among the races and everything, because you uh, you got bears and frogs and pigs all living
1: together and, and chickens uh, and things.
4: Yeah, and uh, well, we'll get to that.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry but, uh, you say that; and I completely think of that
4: because you know you know where I'm going next, but but you know, Sesame Street really did have you know actual you know live actors who were racially diverse, and they never shoved it in your face. It was just there, mm-hmm. and that was wonderful about that show it it taught you to get along with everyone but it didn't tell you to do it it just said this is this is what you know a healthy community is and uh actually one of my favorite one of my favorite moments on the on Sesame Street is uh a few episodes after uh Mr Hooper died uh they they didn't see Sesame Street never talked down to kids they just they just set set things straight and told you like it was and they could have there's so many ways they could have done Mr. Hooper's death wrong, and they they did it absolutely right. They just they just did a skit where uh, uh, Big Bert was handing out like sketches he did of all the characters, and he had one of Mr. Hooper. He's like, "Well, where's Mr. Hooper?" And everyone explained to him, you know, he's he's dead and he's not coming back. And they could have softened it and did all this stuff, but no, they just you know explained what happened to Mr. Hooper. And and the show still honors Mr. Hooper because that store is still there and it's still called Mr. Hooper's store. And I always thought that was wonderful about that show.
3: Yeah, it's just they actually have like the picture that Big Bird drew of Mister Hooper uh, in that sketch, and it's still it's still part of the set.
1: Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And you know, Carol Spinney is great. You know, as as Big Bird, he's great. And you know, we, we talked about stuff of the the skit where they revealed he was real. And the thing mm-hmm. that that surprised me when I rewatched it was. Carol Spinney is actually was actually really athletic back then as Big Bird. I mean, he was like running really fast in the Big Bird costume and like turning corners and hopping on his foot. I was like, you know, I, I just remember the images of growing up and today a Big Bird just walking gently and stuff. And but to see the see Muppets really athletic that that was great. Well, you kind of had to be athletic in a in a in a suit like that. I but mean, you know, what I mean, you know, actually running around corners and stuff like that. Yeah, I know. And and then Big Bird. Really, super rubbed it in. Yeah, he's like,
4: "I told you there was a Snuffleupagus. I told you." In fact, that clip is in the uh, opening of, of our show. Yeah, <laughs> it's that's really truncated. He really
1: lays into the it, adults. He goes that. in a couple minutes. Yeah, and <laughs> and you know that that's when things started turning wrong was when you know they had Snuffleupagus, his parents get divorced. They did a whole special on that. Oh boy! Yes, they well, did. They went there. Well, you know that's that's not so bad, you know. I, but it got really bad because you know, growing up and being a teenager, I flipped back to PBS occasionally to see what's going on, and I remember they actually had this weird like bunny, not be not Bean Bunny, but some other bunny. Thank God, singing this song about how to tell an adult to not touch you. Oh God. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I saw this. It, it's real, and then and then they. Pushed really hard to have North American market have an AIDS muppet.
5: Don't they have one in China?
1: No, South Africa.
4: Oh, yeah.
5: okay. I don't know why I got that mixed up.
4: Yeah, I don't know how to feel about that. I, I don't know.
5: Well, you know, most of those kids shows, you know, eventually some of them, you know, get serious for a yeah, moment, they do. you know. But and
1: it'd just be weird to have always, someone who's always on the cast that has AIDS is like, hey, I have AIDS. I have borrowed time.
5: Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's very, it's very sobering, you know. And, um,
1: well,
3: I, I think it's, if it's if if, go ahead. Well, I mean, if we're going to talk about the show not talking down to people, I think it's important that they deal with issues like that. I mean, even, yeah. I mean, if, I mean, if it's something that, like, the kids are going to have to deal with, it's better that they get, that they learn how to deal with it from Sesame Street.
5: It's a
4: good thing. I suppose. Yes. Well they also did a nine eleven show where it wasn't really about nine eleven, but Mr. Hooper's store caught fire. And uh after after they after that happened, they took Elmo to uh God, Elmo's in everything now. They took Elmo to a firehouse and
1: taught him about how what what firemen do and found it. It's uh, nineteen ninety four. Benny Rabbit sang it. Ah. Yeah, anyway. So, uh, what else do we have about Sesame Street? Um, well, one thing is, was, uh, Oscar's pet.
4: Oh, we haven't even talked about Oscar Yeah, Yeah. Talk about, talk about Oscar's pet.
1: Are you talking about the worm? Yeah. No, not the worm. Wormy's good, but I'm talking about the yeah. elephant trunk that comes out of his.
4: <gasps> oh, yeah. It's like, yeah. Elf, uh, Oscar's, Oscar's can was like, uh, the TARDIS. Yeah. Yeah. it It's like bigger inside than it is on the outside. They, he's got, he's got like a, like a mansion inside of that, uh. Inside of that trash
1: can. Yes, but I have a feeling that if uh, the health department saw that mansion, it'd be... Uh... <laughs> the health department of Green County? <laughs> no, Neil, no. <laughs>
4: uh, let's not talk about that.
1: I, I think the health department wouldn't have any
3: problem with a, with any residence that's a trash can.
4: After a while, I began to wonder about Oscar. I'm like, is, is he supposed to be a homeless Muppet?
3: <laughs> well,
1: he's got a home,
4: it's just not...
3: He's like a Muppet hermit crab.
5: Maybe he's like, uh, you know, like the, the people in, uh, pink, pink flamingos, they want to be the filthiest people alive. <laughs> and it's like, how, you know, what better way to be the filthiest person alive, be the filthiest muppet alive than to live in a fucking trash can.
1: That's true. Know? And, uh, you know, talking again about Carol Spinney, what I love about Carol Spinney was when at Jim Henson Memorial, you have Carol oh, Spinney yeah. singing, uh, it's not easy being green as Big Bird in the costume. And he he was really broken up. I mean, you know, he just choked out after he was done. He choked out, "Thank you, Kermit," and then people had to help him off stage. He was, yeah. yeah as he was singing, he sounded really upset. But even so,
4: he knocked that song out of the park. Yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody yeah. there knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's something we're gonna get to. But yeah, that that I wish there was more videos of that. I know it's longer, but videos of the funeral come and go, but. uh if we're if we're done with Sesame Street, let's move on to the next big sensation, where most of the core Muppets come from, which is the Muppet Show. Oh yeah, and, yeah, and that's where one of our favorite Muppets comes in, which is Gonzo, uh-huh. done by
1: David Goles, <laughs> Gonzo the Magnificent.
4: I yeah. love Gonzo. And, <laughs> and we make jokes about how the first Gonzo was kind of an emo, but you know I rewatched some of the early Muppet shows, and that didn't last very long at all. You know, you kind of had. There are some episodes that have the sad-looking Gonzo, but he's already being a goof.
1: And what I love is, you know, Gonzo, you said jokingly when he was talking to some chickens, hey, nice legs, and then they decided to expand on that and made him date Camilla.
4: Yeah. Yeah, we have a Muppet
1: who's a a chicken fucker.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Finally. Finally, the secret's out.
1: And what I love is every time they try to catalog uh, Gonzo, they just put whatever on as a label.
5: We used to call him Weirdo in Muppet Babies.
1: Uh, that 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 doesn't count. I am not counting that.
5: <laughs> How dare you! I'm such a stan for Muppet Babies. It's not funny. Such a, such a what? A stan? You never heard the term stan? I I, I don't
4: a, get out to the clubs much.
5: It's a portmanteau <laughs> of stalker and fan.
4: Oh, I like okay. okay. <laughs> there was that one episode where. Uh... He couldn't find Camilla, and it turned out that Camilla was in the wash. You'd think he'd get used to that. That that little that little doll probably got washed a whole bunch of times. <laughs> you know, whatever he was doing with it. <laughs> well, Neil.
3: First, first off, he's a baby. He doesn't know. He doesn't have that kind of memory. And second, if if we're dealing with the Muppets here, we've already got a frog and a pig going
1: together. Uh, well, yeah. you know what? That's mostly one-sided. Let's be honest.
3: Well, they yeah, but it's still. You know, I'm still not not considered any less weird than anything else.
1: And what I love about the Muppet Show is it's this variety show, and they have some pretty big names coming on there. I mean, they had they had uh, Sylvester Stallone, they had Mark Hamill, they had uh, Steve Martin. Yeah, Steve Martin. They had John Cleese. They had they had uh, let's see, they had uh, what's another big name they had on there? Vincent Price. Oh Vincent yeah, Price. Yeah. And what I love is the format of it, where where Kermit is the is the ever frustrated, uh, you know, manager of the of the Muppet Show house, and uh,
0: yeah.
1: and the uh, you know you have a uh, Scooter is his assistant, and yeah. and he has to manage all these crazy characters every week. Yeah, Scooter the Gopher, who was not actually a gopher, they they had to explain
4: to that no, he's he's a gopher because he goes for coffee.
1: <laughs> yeah, and he had two hecklers on two hecklers on the balcony every. That that was that was genius. Yeah,
4: only Jim Henson would think of that. Let's put hecklers in the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you had Sam the Eagle, who was always trying to insert culture into the show. And he had my favorite thing that he had was he had these two opera singers called Wayne and Wanda, <laughs> and they would they would get up on stage and they'd start singing their 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 uh, their big opera piece, and part of the set would fall down on them or something would go wrong and they would get maimed, and that was that was like a running gag throughout the first season,
1: <laughs> and uh. Well, yeah, so you had Fozzie. Did we bring up Fozzie? We did not bring up Fozzie. yet. Fra- nope. Fozzie, at, you know, by Frank Oz, you know, you know, and that's that's one of the things is you know I always think of the Muppets more as a Kermit uh, Fozzie story than anything else because it's all it's all it's all about the uh, Jim Henson and Frank Oz playing against each other, you know.
4: Yeah, the, the, these two pals who just love to clown around and bring everything everyone else along for the ride. I mean, that's. There was such love in the early Muppets that, sadly, just... I don't, I'm don't. i not going to say it's gone, but it's just... You know, you don't have that that two-man
1: camaraderie that
5: yeah, you had in the old days. Just, it's different yeah. now. The and, dynamics yeah. change.
1: And I'm just going to say it is, you know, the Muppets that have human hands, like... Uh, <laughs> like Swedish Chef. Swedish Chef freaks me out. Because, <laughs> you know, he, the way that he over-articulates the fingers, and he, like, really yes. gets his fingers in the ground, meat. <laughs> <laughs> and a little hint for you guys That have the season uh, season one of the muppet <laughs> show What was that Don? How would you like to be that food? Say that again? <laughs> Starfleet we need more signal
5: I'm Starting to sound
1: like R2-D2 <laughs> No that's just how I laugh sometimes Okay say that again Don
3: Well I mean how... Uh I've already forgotten it.
1: Okay. Well, with Swedish Chef, if you look at season one of The Muppets Show, there's actually a skit where the Swedish Chef actually caught on fire. <laughs> and for the rest of the season, they couldn't repair him, so he had, like, this little burn mark on the side of his head. And what I love is there's, like, six real-life television chefs that swear that Swedish Chef is based off me. No, off of me. No, off of me. It's like even even the Julia Child claims Swedish Chef is based off her.
4: Because we can't understand what the hell she's saying. Yeah yeah oh god and trying to think who else was on that show um well richard hunt obviously yes richard hunt who is my favorite muppeteer of all time he did scooter janet beaker junior gorg from uh from fraggle rock forgetful jones gladys the cow statler and sweetums and he and jim henson I think are the two most common background voices in the Muppets. I mean, you hear their voices in in like background chatter all the time, and I think that's why, <laughs> I think that's why I kind of grimace when I see new Muppets
1: because it's just those two voices that I'm so used to hearing are gone, and and it's, uh, yeah, it's it's the It's very close to the anniversary of uh, Richard Hunt's death. Well, he was gay,
4: and uh, we here at Animation aficionados do not condemn his lifestyle one bit. However at that time AIDS was an epidemic among the gay community it was really unfortunate to see him go cuz he was such a wonderful wonderful performer he had that kind of sweet gentle voice of his that was Scooter and he could also do the gruff voices like the monsters
1: well should we talk about should we talk about the scary muppets now
4: yeah richard hunt did sweetums who was a scary muppet but there were scarier muppets than sweetums there was uh i think the one the one that i always found most frightening was mean mama <laughs> who was a female muppet uh, oddly enough uh, she was usually you know like all like most of the female muppets she was handled mainly by men and i didn't realize that she was a female muppet because she just looked so menacing and she'd always be like she, she was one of these muppets that were that was made to eat the other muppets you could you could like stuff one of them in her mouth and she could oh, gobble geez. it down yeah mean yeah. mama's huge yeah
5: so she was a cannibal There's,
4: yeah there is that there's there's that one shot where she's in the balcony with Sattler and Waldorf and she just looks like she's going <laughs> to tear them apart. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And uh can let's muppet, see another one.
3: Can Muppets even be cannibals? I mean there's Muppet food. I mean how does
4: Yeah there there are there are vegetable muppets.
3: Yeah. So I uh, I mean like that that's one of the weir- that's that's always been the freakiest thing about the Muppets is like anything, you know, even an inanimate object could be a muppet. And that Even means, and that, and that, and that means that, like, it's alive, and that it's sentient, and that it knows what you're doing to
4: it. Well, they did a skit about that where some guy was like watching the evening news, and it was a report about about inanimate objects coming to life. He turns the TV off, and the TV turns into a monster and eats him. Mm. <laughs> and, and that that one also freaked the hell out of me when I was a kid. <laughs> but I loved it. You know, it was, I, you know, I, I think kids like being scared, and parents just, you know. To work that frazzled about Yeah. Yeah, I I love the Muppet Show.
1: So do I. I mean how many seasons? Five seasons, six seasons?
4: Five. I think it was five. I, five. I thought I read that it was four, but anyway. Well you was... read wrong. <laughs> Another one was Gorgon Heap. He was this big purple thing with a orange banana nose. He, I think he was I think he was the original puppet that was the one where uh, Kermit's eating the worm that's crawling along the wall. And then the and then worm, worm one was just, like an angler. Yeah, yeah, and the, this big muppet appears and over the wall and eats him. Yeah, and that that eventually turned into Gorgon Heap, and Gorgon Heap is this really hideous looking muppet that's, he's really silly looking, but he's really scary at the same time. And let's see, uh, actually, uh, Cookie Monster was kind of a scary muppet at one time because he he started out in advertising and he had like these big sharp teeth and he looked really. Uh, <laughs> oh
5: yeah, menacing. I saw the ad for that wheels, yeah, and crowns,
4: yeah, yeah, now. I think you that's know, also where uh, a couple other Sesame Street Muppets came from. Yes, Don. Well,
3: well you mentioned like the original version of Grover or the green fur, and yeah, frankly, I think that. I think that. I, I, I mean, I, I that was like way before my time. It just look. I mean, yeah. he, he just looks like a demon.
2: <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> does. He,
3: looks, he he looks like you know, like you know, in in in, in RPGs, you get a you get a boss. And like he goes into, and then like you beat him in one form, then he goes into a second evil form, you know, more evil form. Yeah.
4: Like like the thing at the end of of uh, Dragon Quest Four.
3: Something I haven't played Dragon Quest, but no, it's well, yeah. But like, so. but like the the green version of Grover looks like, but looks like Oscar the Grouch having gotten yeah. to his second form.
1: So he so he went to one trash can <laughs> angel form.
3: Yes, yeah, exactly. Well, no, tra- no trash can angel Formuses out of the trash
4: can. Okay, you wouldn't believe that that's the same. That's the same Muppet that like got freaked out because uh, there was a monster at the end of the book. He,
3: he looks like he's going to eat Kermit, and not, not not in a funny way. There's going to be some felt blood all over the set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably good. probably some real blood because that'll be Jim Henson's hand
1: inside there. Oh. <laughs> But now yeah. I'm, now I'm
5: trying to picture felt blood. Like,
1: <laughs> have you felt it? Oh,
5: in my mind, I have.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I I just I just love that about about the Muppets. And what I love is, you know, you say what you will about the movie productions, but the Muppets at live at live events are funny still. Yeah, they're still funny because uh, I remember Steve Whitmire was at like an awards ceremony, like a couple months after uh, after. Uh, What's her name? That, that crazy singer that does all these weird performances. What's her name? Lady Gaga. Yeah. You see, like, months before this awards ceremony, L- Lady Gaga showed up at another award ceremony wearing a, a Kermit dress that looked like mm-hmm. it was made out of like 20 Kermits. Yeah. And then, like, months later, she showed up at another one where Kermit was actually one of the hosts. And yeah, Kermit it was, says, um, it says,
5: was the, the, the MTV, uh, VMAs, 2009 VMAs, it, and, <laughs> uh, it was at because I I watched it and people uh, watched yeah, that on the pre-show. Yeah, I thought they
3: made that so they could still uh, uh, what, what
5: was all that robot talk?
3: Uh, I said I thought I didn't know people actually watched that. I thought they just you know kept doing that so they could keep the M in their name. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I mean, but
1: but Kermit turns to the other host and says, "I'm just glad she's not wearing someone I know." <laughs> <laughs> and that was Steve Whitmire that did that. And what I loved was there was this time that the Kermit was the Center Square in Hollywood Squares. Yeah, and he actually said once, "No more Sesame Street for me." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Steve Whitmire as a live Kermit is actually pretty funny. So it's it's and not it's not all it's not all tears anymore because no the, the Muppets at live events are funny.
5: And of course, there was on halloween this past year the muppets were on oh. wwe raw oh my the God. wrestling program
4: that was that was so bizarre because he had you had this subplot where beaker was supposed to deliver this like uh this potion to one of the wrestlers it was a it was like a sports drink or something or something that was supposed to make him give him vigor so that he could win the fight yeah and
5: without he- hgh
4: yeah, and he, <laughs> and, he, and Beaker ends up doing like a run-in where he appears at ringside and hands hands it to uh, Santino. And Santino takes a swig and he starts choking on it, spits it in the other wrestler's face, and the other wrestler falls down and he pins him. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, I feel so dirty for having watched that. <laughs> Did they also make see, Beaker like the cousin
1: of another wrestler?
5: James.
4: Yeah, yeah. I can really see that. <laughs> yeah. See, this would have been so much better if this was the Bobby Heenan era, because you know that you know that Vince McMahon would like would get the uh, the weasel costume out of the prop department, oh, and yeah, totally. put on the weasel outfit
5: <laughs> for all the ham and eggers out there. Yeah, all the humans. Bobby
4: Heenan, Bobby Heenan was so wonderful. He w- he would have fit right in. Oh yeah, he, he should have been on the Muppet Show. He was he was that good.
1: God bless him. But l- let's get to my one of my favorite movies of all time.
4: The Muppet movie, which was, I think that, yeah, it was done during the production of The Muppet Show, and uh, a lot of the later season uh, Muppets were just the Muppets that they made for the movie, because the the Muppets in the movie were of a higher quality, and uh, yeah, this opens with one of your favorite songs, Ben.
1: Yeah, this opens with Rainbow Connection, one of my favorite songs ever, it opens with Rainbow Connection, and... By Paul Williams. By Paul Paul. Williams, and... And It also opens up with, uh, Kermit sitting on the log singing Rainbow Connection. But what I love is just a dedication from the cast. You have Jim Henson in a hollowed out metal tube underneath the log, you know, puppeting Kermit with like an oxygen tank breathing, looking through this grainy television screen to see and, and listening to the tape making series, lip syncing just right. And he, and that shot took days and. It was Jim Henson himself doing it. It wasn't somebody else because Jim Henson's Kermit, damn it. And the humor—I mean, I love the humor. Like the Harry Krishna running gag was great.
4: Yeah, which started in that scene. You had uh Dom DeLuise row up in a boat. He's like, "I've lost my sense of direction," and Kermit's like, "Well, well have you tried Harry Krishna?" <laughs> and
2: then,
1: and then at the they try they did the joke again. in The El Cezo bar, and but that's not the payoff. The payoff is when Kermit and uh, Fozzie are driving across the country. They <laughs> they park in front of a church and a church sign says Reverend Harry Krishna. And This is
5: where you go walk a walk a walk. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And
3: I've got some tomatoes here, hold on.
1: <laughs> and <laughs> are they muppet tomatoes? <laughs> and what I love was just uh, the one of the first early scene at Arthur Swamp you have Kermit riding the bicycle and that just made me stop and believe all over again yeah and I know that's the easiest effect shot in the whole movie, but
4: yeah, because what it was is it was just a guy on a crane doing a marionette to make him pedal the bicycle, and then in the close up shots it was just it was just the handlebars and some guy operating the puppet, and that's how they did it and Jim Henson, you know all the stuff with gonzo hanging from the balloon, that was all the hard shit when when the when the uh when the billboard threw the pie, that was hard, yeah and everyone's everyone's marveling about the bike. And Jim Henson's like, you, you, you want Muppets on bikes? I'll give you Muppets on bikes. And they did that huge fucking scene in the Great Muppet Caper where all the major Muppets are on bicycles. <laughs>
5: <laughs> are they singing a song too?
4: Yeah, they're singing a song, which was also difficult because they had, they had uh, shots that were pulled back. So you knew that no one was mm-hmm. operating in them. So yeah, that was all remote control shit. And I think what it was is that. It was Brian Henson on a on a tricycle, like way up in front, pulling all the bicycles in that in that last shot where they're all like riding off into the distance. Ah, oh,
1: but yeah. what, what? Like I said, that shot, and also the shots at the El Cezo bar, where you have you know Fozzie saying, you know, start off with a bang, and then pull back and show the full body Fozzie, you know, wiggling yeah. his belly, saying "Waka Waka Waka," <laughs> and then and then you have Kermit and Fozzie doing a dance number together. Yeah. All those shots, you know, it's, it, it didn't shy from showing the full body shots early on. And that, that's what really kicked it in for you, you know? And what I love was, you know, just, you know, the quality of the film that they used to catch the, to, to film the movie was actually quite high. I mean, I watched the movie recently and other than the cars looking dated, you know, the actual film quality itself makes it look like this was something that was filmed recent. I mean. Yeah that that's the beauty of film. Yeah, it really ages quite well.
4: You know, the cars don't you know, the cars are obviously dated, but it doesn't pull you out of the movie. Well,
1: the cars they picked were dated when they filmed the movie. I mean, who had Studebakers back in the 70s? Yeah, well, that was picked. Well, you know why that was picked? Yeah, they picked cause... the Studebaker because it had a round grill so they could fit the camera right in the middle so the yeah. guy in the trunk driving the car could See where he was
4: driving, and they also had a station wagon, but you know they didn't really do any complex shots of that. That thing was barely in the movie.
1: Yeah, what I love was the sh- was the scene with Sweetums, you know, Jack not named Jack Job, yeah, and and how they got that station wagon because it was a sleazy uh, car dealer who was offering them thirteen dollars for their for the Studebaker, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, what happened was there was a the station wagon had a price of like uh, twelve. That, like twelve hundred dollars and and uh, yeah. seventy five, uh, twelve twelve, yeah twelve seventy five on it, something like that, yeah. And uh, and and, and, and uh, there was a fly, <laughs> and Sweden <laughs> smacked it, and then it turned into a period, <laughs> a decimal point. So it was like it was like twelve dollars and something cents. And, and and yeah, and uh I remember because... Gonzo Gonzo's like you owe a nickel, yeah,
4: because <laughs> <laughs> it was a trade in. Yeah. yeah, that movie's great, and the whole the whole premise of the movie is that uh. Uh this agent who was Dom DeLuise tells Kermit that you know he's got talent and he should go to Hollywood and take this audition, and and along the way he meets he meets Fozzie and Miss Piggy and Gonzo and all the gang. And then they get there and who who's waiting there for them? But but Orson Welles himself. And he turns in the chair. And he's like, I've summoned you here for a purpose.
1: <laughs> it, it's it, he didn't reformat Kermit into Steve Whitmire. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no what I, what I loved was also when when they woke up at the church because of all the oh, music yeah. you know Fozzie opens the doors he says they don't like Presbyterians to me <laughs> and the movie was not afraid to break
4: the fourth wall at all because instead of explaining to the Electric Mayhem what's going on they just hand them the script
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that's how the Electric Mayhem knew they had to go pick them up.
4: Yeah, yeah, they, they, they read the script and said, aha, uh-huh, this is where they're gonna be. <laughs> uh,
5: um, can I talk about parodies really quick? Sure. Um, some of you may or may not know about Tiny puppets And Tiny what Fuppets. it is, is that it's, it's, it's basically, it's a fake Portuguese knockoff of the Muppet Babies. It's, it's completely concocted. It's, it's, and it's, it's fucking hilarious. And, um, there's about, I think there's about like five videos and you don't, you don't need to know Portuguese because they they already have subtitles and everything. And there's a whole thing where it's like, it's, you know, the creator, Arturo Lima, you know, who's blind and he, he came up with the tiny puppets you know, it was his complete, you know, it was completely original and, you know, and of course that's fake too. And...
1: So, so this is this is, so this is like someone doing so, so this is like someone doing a recolor, but you know, actually saying outright, it's it's you know, well, well, being very subversive of of the fact that it's an obvious recolor.
5: Yes. yes. Is, is
3: it is it actually Portuguese? or is it like fake Portuguese?
5: <laughs> no, it's Portuguese. It's it, right. the the voice actors are are speaking Portuguese with the um the the subtitles are in English.
3: All right. I. I yeah, okay. no, never mind. No.
1: <laughs> Good cut. Old cut. In. But if you want to talk about Muppet parodies, we have to talk about Meet the Feebles.
5: Of course, yes. Oh
1: my god! No, we don't.
5: Oh, <laughs> why not?
1: not? Not a fan of, uh, of Peter Jackson? I like Peter Jackson. I just don't really care. Yeah, but he he kicks ours for the Lord.
3: It's a wrong movie.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> How how long was Meet the Feebles? Was it three hours long, or was he doing that? No, that it, the,
1: Meet the Feebles was like ninety minutes. Okay, so well, it's, it's it's your perfect almost level, it, almost
3: as long as this podcast.
5: Also, the uh, the YouTube that I linked is from a show that used to be on MTV Two called Wonder Shows, and and that's another subversive children's program that uh, uses Muppet like characters. And uh it's it's a parody of the Muppet babies. It's called Wonder Shows and Premies and it's very disturbing.
1: Sort of like Looney Tunes babies being a parody of Muppet babies.
5: Yeah. Oh, it's, it's extremely disturbing. It it's Looney it references it actually references flatliners. So
3: I don't think Looney Tunes babies was a parody of Muppet babies it was a bold-faced theft of it. <laughs> it just yeah, you know, it's like they broke into the Muppet babies' house and they stole everything that wasn't nailed down. They just, you they, know, forgot the quality because that was in the safe. They,
5: they cartoon-jacked
3: it? Yes. Exactly. They
5: cartoon-jacked
3: it. They cartoon-jacked it, they t- and they, they went in there, and they, and they made sure to break all the family photos of the, of Jim Henson when they did so. That's
1: so. pretty bad. And, uh, you know, one thing I have to mention about this era of, of the Muppets is phenomena uh,
3: Do-do-do-do-do. phenomena do 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 do
1: do 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 i'm not
3: i'm
4: not doing the rest okay good because uh yeah that that was actually a licensed song, but the thing about jim Henson is you would always pick these songs that were really weird. was from french movie. yeah they were kind of timeless from a porno wow damn
5: was it seriously? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's hilarious.
4: Well, it was also on Benny no. Hill. Yeah. Well,
3: no, I'm sorry. It wasn't a porno. It was a documentary about sex, which is, oh. you know, same thing, really. It's just, you know, it's just. Yeah, you, but... get, you can get it in regular theaters.
2: <laughs>
5: oh, okay. So it was one of those. It was a classy one. It was one of those classy ones because it was in a the theater.
3: Yeah. Oh, and I'm. Oh, yes. I, I, And my mistake, it was Italian, but it was about you know, sexy Swedish ladies. Oh, okay.
5: So so
1: I heard it was a French movie. You say it's an Italian movie about Swedish ladies, so, huh? yeah, so let's just call it a European movie and be done with it.
5: Yeah, that's basically it.
1: But yeah. but the point is nobody in the US except for Jim Henson heard this song. So
3: wait, wait, hang on a second. I I, I just realized that, that means that Jim Henson must have seen the sex documentary.
1: Well yes Jim Henson had sex really? he, has a, he has a he has a kid. No.
3: I know, I know. I'm just saying, though, it's just, I mean, a lot, well, look, people can have sex, but they don't have, uh, but, you know, like, people can, have, <laughs> there's a difference between the kind of guy, between, I don't know what I'm saying. It's just weird to, it's just weird to picture Jim Henson watching a movie like that.
1: <laughs> so, like, what well, you're saying is sort of like picturing, uh, Fred Rogers sitting down to watch, uh, Debbie Does Dallas.
3: Yes, exactly. Yeah. You <laughs> just I mean, can't, like, you
5: can't see it. Cause it's
3: and, like, just... there's a, di- I mean, it's like, I could, well, I can't picture, you know, Mr. Rogers having sex, but I know he was married. I don't know if he has any
4: kids, and but that's a, oh, howdy neighbor. But that's
3: <laughs> that's like a totally different thing from picturing him watching porn.
4: See, what I always loved about Mr. Rogers is that the mailman's name was Mr. McFeely. <laughs> but anyway, so what's next?
1: Uh, well, what's next is the next movie, The Great Muppet Caper.
0: There'll be spectacle, there'll be fantasy There'll be Daring Do and stuff like you would never see hey, a movie. Yeah, we're gonna be a movie! Starring everybody and me There'll be heroes both
4: Now this is my favorite Muppet movie. It's got even more Muppets than the first one. It's got Beauregard, it's got Rizzo, it's got Oscar and a very brief cameo. Uh, the premise is that Kermit and Fozzie are playing identical twin photographers. You heard that right. And they're going to England to catch a jewel thief who turns out to be Charles Roden.
0: See, in this film, me and Fozzie play crack investigative reporters for the Daily Chronicle. And Gonzo, he's our photographer. And it's gonna be terrific. <laughs> oh, boy, I wish I were you people seeing this for the first time.
4: This had my favorite Muppet song of all time, which is "The Happiness Hotel." <laughs> that was a great song. Yeah, it, yeah. They walk into this hotel. And they're like, they're like, we want a room. And and uh, Pops is like, somebody's checking in. And then they go into this big musical number.
0: Oh, there's no fire in the fireplace. There's no carpet on the floor. Don't try to order.
1: What what I love was, you know, they were, the the, uh, bellhop was offering options and they said, well, you can pay now, pay when you check out, or sneak out in the middle of the night. And Bodice says, oh, we'll take that one. Yeah, we'll take C. C. Very popular choice. Yeah. (laughs) Well,
4: speaking of the bellhops, It had Rizzo, who was Steve Whitmire, who was Rizzo and was also uh, Bean Bunny, who we don't like. Sadly. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But that was kind of the point of being Bunny—is he was supposed to be obnoxious and annoying. Way annoying. Yeah. And somehow it worked ironically. <laughs> but he was also—he was also
1: Wembley on uh, on Fraggle uh, Rock. He and Wem- Wembley was Wembley was a lot more likable. Funny story is—is is, uh, I have a friend. Well, he's not a friend of mine anymore. But he has a deathly fear of Muppets. He- because, because of, uh, he saw Dark Crystal when he was young, and now any Muppet freaks the hell out of him. Any Muppet, he he said he said the Great Muppet Caper and uh, Muppets Take Manhattan and scare the shit out of him. Wow. Has,
4: has he seen the Muppet movie where uh, where animal animal's giant head appears out of the top of that no. building? Oh, that he might go into like a into like a, a coma after seeing that. You know, just fall into the fetal position and suck his thumb. <laughs> Because that's another instance of the Muppets kind of being scary. That, that freaked me out when I was a kid. I was like,
1: whoa, uh, animals huge. Yeah. Scared Doc off or away, didn't he?
4: Yeah, yeah. And the the, the, the frog hunter, that, that was hysterical. Kill frogs.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, it's, uh, you know, we have to also get to Fraggle Rock. Fraggle Rock got really, really adult at times. But what I remember is I had one of those Fraggle Rock books as a child. Called the dooser that didn't, and it says in this book that if you if you're a dooser and you like lounge around all day and just eat and not work, you get fatter and bigger and lazier and stupider until you turn into a fraggle. Mm. How how lazy how fat and lazy do you have to be to turn into Junior (laughs) Gourd? Oh god. Well, like I said, this was a storybook like uh, narrated to a it narrated to a to a doozer, so I'm guessing it was doozer yeah. propaganda. Yeah, it probably was.
4: <laughs> but it was funny how uh how the the fraggles treated the treated the doozers so poorly and yet uh the those giant muppets were were uh, exactly the same way to them. The gorgs Except that yeah, the gorgs that Except Junior Gorg was kind of—I think he was kind of in- innocent. He was kind of like this big, uh, this big Benny. He was like he—he he just wanted a fraggle to pet and play with and be nice to, and he didn't understand why they'd always run away.
1: Well, <laughs> well he was gonna name—he was gonna name him uh, and call him George. Yeah, <laughs> pet him and love him and squeeze him. Yeah,
3: yeah. Well, no, I—I I think it's funny you
1: mentioned that. Like, I think you know. it, it
3: I like though that the the, that the way that the Fraggles treated the treated um, the doozers though that was like exactly what the Fraggles wanted. I mean, what the yeah. Deuces wanted out of life, and I think that's you know that's one of the things that the, that um I don't know because like the whole show was all about like symbiosis and how we and how everything has to come together. And I think you know it's like the it's like what you mentioned what you mentioned uh, earlier about how Sesame Street uh, teaches people to live to get you know shows people. You know, to live together it doesn't you know shout it at them. I think Frankel Rock does that very you know does that same thing very well. Mm-hmm. And I think you know it's I think I mean I personally think it's like the best thing that the Muppets ever did because it's oh, just yeah. I mean unlike I mean like I think like you got Sesame Street which is a very educational show but you know it's also it's also limited by be you know by by having to um you know, to be for small you know for smaller children it doesn't. It has some it has some cross generational appeal, but not as much. And you have the Muppet Show, which is a very entertaining show. And you know, but it's but I mean, it's really just all about entertainment. And you know, Fraggle Rock, I think it takes the best things of both of the two shows. You know, it, it, it does them in a way that anyone, you know, no matter who you are, no matter how, how old you are, no matter how much you know the Muppets, you can watch it and you can enjoy it and you can love it. And, yeah, you know, it
5: really did have its own mythos to it, yeah. you know. And it also and, had yeah.
1: that hole in the wall that was like the portal into the real world. Yeah, and you know what? I, f- I figured out what
4: that was. Uh, in other in other countries, they had different docs, yeah. and that's why and that's why uh, the that's why there was different versions of the show. I'd heard strange stories about, like, one one region had, like, an alien or something. I don't know, but, uh. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. British had, Great Britain had its own dock, and, uh, France had its own dock. It was basically, you know, to, uh, be regional. Mm -hmm. But the, but the fraggles were always the same. But, uh, you know, the thing about the fraggles is that, uh, I think that's, that's where Jim Henson was kind of, I think, trying to break away from the, the core Muppets a little bit, because he was always, Trying to experiment and go off in these weird directions and create like these little worlds that you could peek into. And yeah, that, that's what that's what Fraggle Rock was, and that's what some of the later movies uh, uh, tried to be. And uh, Fraggle Rock had, had something that uh, that is really unusual for the Muppets is that they had dedicated uh, female performers uh, on the show. Now the Muppets show had female performers, but it was usually like. If uh, Richard Hunt wasn't around to play Janice, they'd have one of the females step in. Uh, but uh, you had Red Fraggle and Moki Fraggle, Moki being one of my favorite Muppets ever. Oh yeah, uh, me actually too. Perf- she was performed like by total
5: hippie artist. Yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> like... yeah, played by uh, Karen Prell and Catherine Mullen. Uh, and I and again, I think they're more or less exclusive to that show. I think they they do other stuff for for Jim Henson. For, uh for the Muppets but they don't really perform well there's
3: one i i can't remember if it was karen prell yeah it it is karen prell uh she was actually the the um she did like i don't know i don't know if you call it motion capture but she did like a like a like a digital puppeteering performance thing for uh for portal two yeah okay. she was actually wheatley <laughs> i'm serious I'm, I'm serious she she did the she did like the digital puppeteering you know that made the weekly sphere and if you go into like the director's commentary thing of uh of of portal you know, two, <laughs> of portal 2 <laughs> there's this hilarious bit where she's you know where you where she's talking about how she made um the various emotions you know with the port you know with uh you know with with the the mechanical features of the sphere <laughs> she's talking about oh the Oh, you know, if if you um if you make his glow bigger, he looks scared. If you make the eyelids narrow, it's scary, and the puppet is doing it as she's to, as she's talking to it, and it's responding to you know to, to all her. I mean, it's it's just hilarious. You got to you've you've, you've got to go in and look at it.
1: I believe it. I mean, <laughs> and that's just funny that she did Wheatley because Wheatley is a character that was an idiot designed to be an idiot by the smartest people of an entire generation. Yeah. <laughs> Wow yeah Wheatley was it was an intelligence dampening unit put on Gladys to keep Gladys from being too smart. Wow,, yeah, yeah portal's a great game. it has that humor that's almost a jim Henson esque humor so
4: yeah, for some reason, female performers are really rare in Muppets, I mean usually it's the men doing the female voices which which is amusing, but uh wasn't
1: Frank Oz miss Piggy for a while uh yeah. he
4: was he was uh Miss Piggy all the time until he right up to he retired. Wow! And now now it's uh, Eric Jacobson. Mm. And then the old, the only other uh, one that I can really think of because I was really trying to look for them and I couldn't really find any uh, any real female performers that are noteworthy. The only one that I the only other one I could find was uh, Fran Brill who was uh, Prairie Dawn and uh, mm. Zoe on Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh she was in she was actually in a movie that was What About Bob? Yeah. Yeah.
5: Yeah, Frank Oz directed that.
1: (laughs) Baby Steps.
4: Well, there you go. Baby Steps. Yep.
1: But yeah, The Muppets Take Manhattan. Which was also directed by Frank Oz. How's that for a transition? And it's a great movie. It has that really sad song Saying Goodbye. Yeah. And it had it had this uh This great musical number right at the end when they had their Broadway show, and yeah.
4: Yeah, another one where they had to bring all the Muppets in. Well, all the Muppets that were on Sesame Street in the Muppet show, anyway. Yeah.
1: Because Fraggles were always, like, left out for some reason. They were in their own world. Yeah. But the Fraggles, yeah, it's a... Muppets Take Manhattan is actually... It's my second favorite Muppet film after the Muppet movie.
4: Well, that had the great scene in the park where... a. Uh, a guy steals Miss Piggy's purse, and, he, oh, yeah, and she chases yeah. after him on roller skates. <laughs> and she
1: gets him by jumping off this huge rock, and she's like,
4: "Ah!" and lands on. It him. also
1: has that flashback that doesn't really happen—that dream oh, the, sequence. We know the one, yeah. The Muppet Babies, the 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 flashback that gave us that cartoon. Yeah, the fact that everybody knows.
5: Why does everybody hate Muppet Babies?
1: I don't hate Muppet Babies, but uh, but the thing is, people say that that makes it canon. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you know
4: cannon? when people start talking about canon and the Muppets, you know they should just be punched in the face or shot hey. out of a cannon. Hey, yeah. no, I'm not. I'm not going to humor that and say that. Say that the Muppet movie, the Muppet Show, and Muppet Babies all fit into some sort of timeline. It it just doesn't work that way. No, especially since there's a scene in the Muppet Show where Scooter meets uh Hermit for the first time, and the fact that I even brought that up makes me sick. <laughs>
1: Well the fact that you know there's a that they in in the twenty five years uh uh special they had they they were talking about the you know salmon friends and they said, "Hey Kermit, how come you look so much better now than you did then <laughs> oh well, that's the benefit of being a muppet, <laughs> yeah'll <laughs> All yeah. yeah and that that
4: that special has this has this one part where big bird gets up on the podium and He's he's proudly talking about all the all the spin-offs that the Muppets have had. He brings a Fraggle Rock and the Muppet Babies and all that. And he goes, "And Little Muppet Monsters too." And the funny thing about that is that Little Muppet Monsters was I think canceled the week before that aired. Huh. So they're yeah. it's it's like it's advertising the hell out of the show that was
1: already like dead. Yeah.
3: <laughs> or they were you know, I think they were just making like, "Oh, hey, we did all this great stuff and oh, hey, let's also mention this shit." Yeah.
1: Well, little bit <laughs> yeah. monsters and shit. Well, I know, but I, yeah.
4: Was I, that
5: before or after the Bean Bonnie show?
4: I think that was before. Okay.
5: <laughs> then I was going to say, like they forgot one. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Just say,
3: I'm, just, I'm just saying, the, like the Muppets. You know, they're not. I mean, they're never afraid to poke fun at themselves.
1: Never. Yeah. I yeah. think they do it before anyone else does, just to be just to be the first ones. Yeah. Yeah, but but
4: the point is that 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 whole that whole thirtieth anniversary show was produced like weeks in advance and they didn't know that that little muppet Monsters was going to be pulled at that point <laughs> but it was it was funny nonetheless
1: yeah and uh we also had to talk about that little special dog city where you actually have the dog from the Rock thrown out of the yeah. bar. yeah <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah dog city was it was the special that they had done like a week in place of uh the Jim Henson hour well
1: it's about this dog detective you know it, it's it's yeah. all this film noir stuff they built this yeah. they built this great set like a, yeah. a, a city block a new york city block scaled do- down for these dog muppets really yeah like i said great detail
4: yeah like i said earlier it, it kind of it kind of harkens back to uh to uh the odd the otter one where the christmas uh jug band one, where they uh where they had these little sets and it would look it just looks neat whenever the muppets are in their own world and not out in the real world <laughs> it, i love those little sets <laughs> oh yeah especially since it was a since it was like a period piece, that was so cool.
1: Yeah, and uh, Neil, as Neil mentioned, Little Muppet Monsters, which was at least you know when 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 the Muppet Babies started, Little Muppet Monsters was packaged with it.
4: Yeah, well, it was the second season, and it actually had, unlike Muppet Babies, it actually had the Muppet performers. It had it had Jim Henson and Richard Hunt, you know, doing voices for the show, and that's one of the reasons why I wish the show would come out on DVD. Um, Lionsgate. Every time the, the sh- any part of that show appears on YouTube, they shut it down. Which is why when I showed you that that thirtieth anniversary uh, uh, show earlier, Ben, yeah. that one part is out because Lionsgate took it down. Yeah. Yeah. I wish that would come out on DVD because that's really the last thing from Jim Henson and uh, and Richard Hunt that we really have. Yeah. And and nobody's nobody's really seen it.
1: And the Jim Henson actually t- stopped blowing up monsters because he thought that the quality was difference between little muppet monsters and muppet babies was too great. Yeah,
4: because well, what was the little the muppet monsters the difference
5: between was was little muppet monsters like were they toddlers or
4: they were they were original characters. They were muppet monsters, but they were like kids. They lived in a basement. They put on a show for like the other muppets. They had cartoon clips that they would insert in there and uh, it was very it was very strange, but it was much more muppet-like than the muppet babies were. Because the muppet babies were very much, you know, marvel you know, they yeah, they were they were the Marvel writing team. Right. Yeah. And uh yeah, and that uh we were talking about Dog City and uh how it was part of uh uh the Jim Henson hour. My favorite part of the Jim Henson hour was the storyteller. In the show, the storyteller was played by John Hurt, but behind the scenes the real storyteller was Jim Henson. In my mind, that's what Jim Henson's role in life was. Jim Henson was the storyteller and that's why we're honoring him tonight. His productions took you into new worlds that you'd never seen before. Sometimes there were other people's stories, and sometimes they were his own. My favorite one is the the guy who traps death in a sack. He gets this magical sack. Well, that was the, that was,
1: that's what that was from?
4: Yeah. Oh, and, it, he, it,
1: he, and he was playing cards with the deaths in the sack?
4: Um, I don't remember all the details, but I know he traps death because... You know, he falls ill and death comes to take him away and he says to death, get in my sack and death has to jump in the sack because that's part of the magic spell. And he traps death in the sack and then nobody can die. And he thinks it's going to be great that he gets to live forever, but it ends up being, you know, hell on earth. So he lets death loose, but death is now afraid of him and death runs away. So he spends, he spends the rest of his life wandering around and the parting shot is him, uh, walking around this corner. Uh, on this trail leading off into the distance, and suddenly that pulls away, and it's the picture on the storyteller's mug, and he takes a sip, and he's like, and that man still walks the earth to this day.
1: The story's it's... actually originally called Soldier Jack,
4: and it's from a, it's from a, it's a, it's an old Russian folktale. Well, like I said, he borrowed from folktales, but it was always uniquely his own. He wanted to show the world that he wasn't just a comedian with a sock puppet. He he pushed special effects and he opened up worlds that were new and different and uh, unlike today's CG it looks like you can just reach in and touch it and that was the magical world of Jim Henson Um, unfortunately not too many years later he died and apparently he was raised Christian scientist I don't think he believes as an adult but he still retained that habit of believing that his body would take care of an illness by itself and he never really saw a doctor and he started to become sick, and he put it off. And unfortunately, by the time he went to see a doctor, it was too late. He died the night he checked in. Yeah. And that's always kind of been a sore spot for me because the man is is one of the world's greatest entertainers, and he dies of pneumonia, which is ridiculous.
5: Well, people in um, well, people in you know, countries that are you know less fortunate than ours. Yeah. yeah don't right. have you know access to medicine
4: yeah but jim henson did and it's just yeah he could still be alive today and he's not
5: yeah it's just uh, it's, it's sad yeah
4: and uh it's very sad yeah i, I really miss him because he's he was yeah. my favorite he's he was my favorite creator of all time he's the guy that i draw the most inspiration from and then richard hunt we talked about the uh, the funeral earlier richard hunt actually uh Hosted the funeral and put on this wonderful uh, uh, performance for the for everyone who came to visit. And we talked about Big Bird, and there was this big medley at the end where uh, where each of the Muppet performers sang songs, and then the big one at the at the finale was they they sang just one person, which uh, which was another one of Jim's like oddball picks from something that you would never have heard heard of it was from snoopy the musical <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice.
4: but i was like really <laughs> yeah.
1: and uh yeah jim henson's death was was definitely a, a big yeah. uh, a big hit on creativity as a whole yeah and uh, with that we'll take a break come back and we will uh finish looking at the muppets
2: it's time for intermission, boys and girls. Soundwave!
0: Jam that transmission! Rumble Frenzy. Ravage Ratcat. Inject. Operation Interference.
3: And finally, Web Fiction World. Before Web Comics, there was independent and self-published web-release written fiction and literature. Find this all at webcastbeacon.com. Be sure to grab a master RSS feed or master iTunes feed and not miss a thing. Tooncast is dedicated to the cartoons we grew up with. 100 episodes and more make up one of the GCRN's most popular podcasts. Join hosts TFG and Mike, Optimus Solo, Tear the Rising Star, and tons of guest hosts. We also have voice actor and writer interviews. Tune in to Tooncast as we look back on the cartoons that defined us as geeks. You can find Tooncast on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Tune in. We're
0: down in the face that everybody knows. This is ridiculous.
1: And we're back, and uh, because of the holiday seasons, we should talk about Muppets and Christmas.
4: Okay, there's this one I wanted to bring up right, right from the get-go, which is the Christmas toy. Now, stop me if you've heard this one before, but this is about a group of toys that come to life when no one else is around. And they talk about the new toy that that's coming in uh, on Christmas Day. Hmm, what what movie that came out later does this sound like? Um, hmm. So Steve Jobs plagiarized someone else? <laughs> I don't think they plagiarized it. I'm I'm kidding, but because uh, it it is a very different story, but it. It it just struck me right away when I saw that. I was like, oh, another movie about toys that come to life. Oh, I know, but and any chance
1: to take a jab at Steve Jobs, I'll...
4: Yeah, and besides, we have the Velveteen Rabbit, so that that's also kind of the same theme, so... I like the Steadfast yeah. 10 Soldier, personally, but that's me. Oh, but uh, one of my favorite uh, holiday uh, shows is not, in fact, Frosted the Snowman or or Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, but John Denver and the Muppets.
1: Oh, Okay, that's a good pick. Is it almost like, is almost like, uh, I'm trying to remember, there was like a rock band that did a Christmas movie once. Uh, oh, Chris, uh, what was it, the Santa Claus and the and the uh, Martians or something like that? Oh, I don't know. I was going to ask if it
4: Santa was Santa Claus Snyder.
5: Parker's the Martians? Yeah. To...
4: Oh my god. Oh my god. Um, you know we we talked about wrestling already uh com does does a review of that
1: movie and they put it up every year uh, i'm sure it's up now or it will be i remember <laughs> seeing john denver in the muppets i think this was very close right before his death wasn't it
4: uh actually i think i think this was about 10 years before the death of john oh denver.
1: i'm thinking of his appearance on sesame street yeah that was right before his death
4: yeah this was i think this was a bunch of the muppets out camping and they they sing songs together and uh i usually don't care for musicals but this was actually pretty good because it's john denver and all the muppet performers are good singers too and you got jim henson picking out his weird you know crazy songs you know he doesn't he can't just do like the normal christmas tunes he's got to pick out uh it's in every one of us which is another weird song that he heard somewhere i don't even remember what it's from <laughs> <laughs> but i used to have the album and the album is really good. I think on I vinyl? just wore it. Yeah, on vinyl. I think I just wore it down.
1: It's okay because I don't have a turntable anymore either. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we also us to talk about the Muppet Family Christmas. Oh yeah,
4: when when I made the crack about how the how the uh left are always left out. This is the one time that they weren't. Uh, the doc actually shows up and and it starts interacting with the Muppets from the very get go. He shows up at uh, Fozzie's mother's house. And all the Muppets come to join them, and, uh, the Sesame Street gang shows up. And then, about, I think, three quarters through the show, uh, Robin and Kermit go down into, like, the cellar for something, and they, they walk into this weird cave, and it turns out to be where the Fraggles live. (laughs) So, so this was a real Muppet, you know, get together. Yeah. This was.
3: Actually, if I can. Yeah. You can actually see Traveling Matt in the end of, uh, Muppets Take Manhattan. He he's there at really? the wedding. Oh, really? Yeah. He he's he's in the front row on the, um, I think on the right
4: side. It's, well. He he's always the one that got out into the real world anyway. Yeah. Yeah, and he was actually he was actually in the last in the medley of the Christmas special, yeah. but he was not in the Fraggle scene. He was he was like in later because he was presumably there. Yeah, because he was traveling, right yeah. he was traveling. Mm-hmm. and he just showed up.
1: Yeah, and and then we had to talk about Alton Brown's favorite movie, The Muppet Christmas oh, the, Carol.
4: Yeah. And this one mm, this one took a while to grow on me just because, you know, this was right after Jim Henson and, and uh Richard Hunt died. And so like I said before, you know, you're used to all those used to those wacky voices in the background and now they're not there anymore. Yeah. And it's, and they were it's jarring. Yeah.
3: I've got to say, I I've never really noticed a difference, but I mean, I guess I'm just not good with that with yeah. that sort of thing. You know, I'm like a close enough guy.
4: Well, I've always been one to pick up on that. Well, like when when uh, when they switched Fred Flintstone, you know, that always I noticed it, but I always kind of liked the new Fred
1: anyway. The Barney Rebel switch is what was what grabbed me personally.
4: Yeah, Barney, the new Barney is kind of uh... <laughs> yeah. Watch me trick Fred. <laughs>
3: See, like to me, those cheap imitations—that sounded exactly like the real thing. That's how bad I am with this.
4: So, what's what's there really to say about this? Because I have not seen this all
1: the way through. It's taken me a while to kind of. Didn't they make the ghosts the of Christmas it. Future or Scary Muppet?
3: Uh, did they? Um, it was con- Yeah, it was like this big. You know. It wasn't Sweetums, down. was it? No, no, no. Uh, no. Wasn't oh, Uncle Deadly? Was it? No, all the ghosts were original Muppets.
1: Holy crap, yeah, it's a huge one. Yeah. It's it's a big one, too. Oh, jeez. So. Yeah, it's, yeah, and it lists all the other scary Muppets as, as it on the Muppetpedia. So. So there we yeah. go. That's, uh, yeah, Muppet Christmas Carol. It's a, it, it had, it had, uh, Alfred as, uh, even there's Easter Scrooge, I believe, right? Oh,
4: yeah. Mm-hmm. And he just recently died, didn't he? No. What? He used- we did. Oh wait, I'm thinking of the wrong Alfred. Oh,
1: you it. had fucking better be.
4: Yeah, I'm sorry. Jeez goddamn. We're it. talking what? about
1: a guy that fucking survived. You know, crashing a plane into a shark. Oh, Talk, he's the guy that Death's afraid of. <laughs> well, Mario Van Peebles got got chomped by
4: the shark and he lived, so that makes him more of a badass. <laughs> Oh man, why are we talking about that movie? Yeah. You know that should have been a Muppet movie. It had about the right plot for it.
1: Was there like a voodoo curse or something? Uh,
4: I oh, think yeah, you're thinking yeah. of uh... no, no, no. Oh, was there? Yeah, they... no, it was uh, that... Weekend at Bernie's too.
1: No,
3: no, that's that's where the that's where the term voodoo shark comes from. <laughs> because, because, like it because like in the novelization they were, you know, because novel writers are smarter than film writers. <laughs> They couldn't be like, oh, God, why is the shark an assassin? Why is the shark tracking them from Maine to Cuba? It's got a Vukuu curse on it.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
5: (laughs) Is that on TV Tropes? Yes, it is. Oh, wow.
1: Oh, God.
4: (laughs) Folks, Jaws for the Revenge... Look up DVD PodBlast commentary.
1: Download it. Watch it with the film. You will love Didn't it. Did Michael Caine like <laughs> crash the, the plane into the sharker that he showed up on dry land? And he was like just brushing off his shirt. He's like, "Yeah, just got out of there."
5: <laughs>
4: no, he climbed up onto the boat, and his shirt was dry.
5: No, Fonzie jumped it.
1: <laughs> oh. So Fonzie Von, so jumped at the same time that the Michael Kane was diving. Michael Caine yeah. jumped out of the plane onto the back of Fonzie's. Okay, that's that that
5: happened. makes total sense now. That's
1: then Fa-
3: of- then Fonzie became Batman. <laughs>
5: yep, that's it.
4: Speaking of jumping the shark, uh, this was around the time that Disney started diddling with the Muppets. Yeah, and that started with uh, Muppets visit Walt Disney World, and that's the one where uh, Mickey throws his arm around Kermit and says, "Welcome to the family." And I died a little inside when that happened. Well, oh,
3: you you died for the wrong reasons because Jim Henson always wanted to sell the Muppets to Disney.
4: Oh my God!
3: I've got a, I've got a picture for you. There's yeah. in the link Jim Henson and Michael Eisner with Kermit, Miss Piggy, and Mickey
4: Mouse. Oh yeah, I've I've seen it. But and if yeah, you look the, at the, the bushes,
1: we're... you can see you can see you can see a shadowy figure with uh... with a sickle. <laughs> I was going going that far, but I was going with <laughs> with a lone gunman thing going on. But oh, uh, but, so uh, the
3: lone gunman shot him with pneumonia.
4: Well, you've seen X Files.
3: That's true. That's
4: true. <laughs> that special aired ten days before he died, so that was literally like the last Muppet thing he ever did, except for Muppet 3D, which Muppet Vision 3D, which was an amusement. Uh, uh, attraction at Walt Disney. Was it Walt Disney Land or Walt Disney World? Land.
1: Land, yeah. Land is in
4: California, world is in Florida. No,
3: no, no. Be- no. It's it's at the world because I've been to Disney World and I saw it there.
4: Yeah, yeah. and it, it came out in 92, but it was produced during Jim Henson's life, so uh, he's actually in that, which is weird. So you go to see that and it's Jim Henson, it's like, whoa. Yeah, and so,
1: yeah. we also have to bring up the CG Muppet. C- oh, it was Waldo
3: awesome. S graphic.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that no, was No, Waldo
3: uh, C graphic, I'm sorry. I thought it was SGI, yeah. but it's CGI.
4: Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah, that Yeah, he was starting to move towards CGI and and that was but, way early. That that was that was worse than Reboot bad.
3: Hey, no, stop dissing Reboot.
4: We will diss Reboot.
1: Reboot on the show.
3: was fucking awesome. <laughs>
2: yeah,
4: moving on.
1: No, <laughs> but um, but he did contribute to uh the Ninja Turtles. And what I actually loved was, you know, when it showed the flashback of the turtles growing and Splinter growing, it was very faithful to the original illustrations by uh, Laird and Eastman. You know, the these weird humanoid turtles growing, really, you know, really small and kind of creepy and cute at the same time. I mean, it was lovingly well done. I just love the shot of you know Splinter as the rat in his cage doing practicing doing uh, roundhouse kicks. It was silly but I'm like, yeah, I'm in.
4: Yeah, but the, as silly as it was, it was some of the, it was really good animatronics. Yeah. Well, what about the Dark Crystal? I mean, now you you said that one of your friends was like really freaked out by this movie and I definitely kind of was afraid. Yeah, the one character that pulls her eyes out of the out of her sockets and puts them on her fingers and and no, you know, wasn't
1: wasn't this done by wasn't that a Del Toro kind of thing?
4: Was it? I don't. I'm I don't making know. a
1: joke on Del Toro's oh. expense. Okay.
3: That was a joke? Aren't they normally funny?
1: <laughs> Have Ooh. you seen any Del Toro movies? That that's half of what Del Toro does is he puts eyeballs in places where they don't belong on creatures.
4: The funny thing about the Dark Crystal is that I I always think of like the, the Lord Chamberlain character as being like the prototype of Starscream. I I keep thinking that uh, that Chris Lotta went to see this movie and he's like, yes, this is the inspiration for
1: the character.
0: Trial by Stone What a bet. <laughs>
1: and then we have to bring up you know uh the homo superior david bowie
4: oh yeah labyrinth which uh i guess was a second attempt by jim henson because to make a a fantasy film because the dark crystal really didn't do very well but it it uh it's found its audience since then. Labyrinth was another attempt. Uh did how did Labyrinth do in theaters? I don't remember. It's
1: not on the it's not on the uh, bomb list. Yeah, I don't I don't think Dark Crystal is either.
4: So, but yeah, this one had some of the best animatronics I've ever seen. Uh just I have actually not seen this film, but I just I was just looking at pictures of it today and I'm just amazed by what they accomplished back then. And this is not CGI at all. This is like, you
1: know, real shit real puppets. And and that's the best part. It it brings you into it.
4: Yeah. What I love is that you have all these realistic characters, and then you have what is basically a sock puppet riding a dog. And I love that character. I want to see this movie (laughs) just for that. I'm like, yes, thank you, Jim. (laughs) But, you know, Jim Henson, uh, Labyrinth gave us this wonderful little world, but you know what else it gave us? It gave us Kevin Clash. (laughs) Elmo. The voice of Elmo.
5: Oh, just in time for that.
4: <laughs> yeah.
5: You know, I actually saw him on the Daily Show, uh, promoting film, and uh, he seems like a nice person.
1: I didn't know he was black. Uh,
3: he, he's like, he's got like the, he like the biggest, you know, dissonance of, of, of like face and voice. I because like he, I mean, he's not just, he's not just. But he's black. She said, he, looked, he, he looks huge. He looks like he could eat a, tr- you know, he could rip a train in half. Yeah. He I thought you everything. said he was
5: going to eat a tree. I thought that that was what you were going
3: to say. <laughs> I was going to, but then but then that made him sound fat.
4: <laughs> oh. Or Kevin fat Clash could deep. pick up a tree and kill you. <laughs> 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 but what I love about Kevin Clash, you know, we, we make fun of Elmo and, and kind of grit our teeth with that, but This guy, he's like the ultimate fanboy. He, he grew up loving the Muppets. He made his own puppets as a kid. Yeah. And he got to be a Muppeteer. And that, that is living the dream. And I, I love that story. The The Kevin
1: Clash story. Yes.
5: That's kind of like, it's, yeah, I guess it's kind of like Ripper Owens, except not really, (laughs) because he wasn't taking over anybody's role.
4: Yeah, and then he got replaced by uh, Rob Halford. Yeah, <laughs> Rob Halford took that took that like foil jacket that he had, said he was going to wrap his Thanksgiving turkey in it. Yeah,
5: <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, you know, it's it's a you know it's a really bad economy. We're all hurting,
4: and so uh, we
5: all have to we all have to you know.
1: <laughs> and then we have to talk about the other two uh, Muppet movies, Muppet Treasure Island, which I thought was okay. It, it wasn't spectacular, but it was definitely okay. Yeah, and Muppets from Space, which uh... no,
0: just now, yeah. <laughs> right. You know, Muppets
4: Muppet Treasure Island is pretty good, Yeah. and this is where we start getting the characters from, like Muppets Tonight and uh, uh, the Jim Henson Hour, where we got Clifford, Pepe, and Bobo starting to appear in these movies. Well, which um,
3: uh, uh, that wasn't well. I think I think Muppets Tonight came after those two
4: movies, and they didn't appear until Muppets really Space. Uh, actually, I'm I'm not. No, all three of them were in were in Muppets from Space because I watched Muppets from no, Space. No, as I, painful as it was.
3: <laughs> no, I mean that that that's not what I meant. I meant that. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Maybe I misunderstood you. I thought you were, yeah. I was trying I mean, I was saying that like they, you know, that, like Muppets Tonight came after. Uh, uh, I think it came after, like at the same time as Treasure Island, but they only start, but. And so the characters didn't appear in that; they only appeared in From Space. Mm.
1: And the Muppets from Space did the one cardinal sin. They explained what Gonzo was. Yeah, I,
3: ch- what? I think there were two cardinal sins because that was the only Muppet movie where they didn't actually sing any original songs.
1: It's all licensed oh. music. Yeah, yeah, mm.
4: which isn't which isn't out of out of bounds for the Muppets, but they all picked they picked popular songs. And it was just kind of, why? Well,
3: not not even popular songs. They picked, you know, old cheesy disco
4: songs. Yeah, like the songs, like Celebration, the stuff that you hear at weddings. Yeah. You know what was weird about Muppets from Space That's is that right. I think it was supposed to be like a kind of sort of sequel to uh, the Muppet movie. It took one seat out of the Muppet movie where where Gonzo sings that song, where he's, I hope I go back there someday. And that song was actually supposed to be in Muppets from Space. And they extrapolated from that and made this whole story that was just god awful. And
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Gonzo's just supposed to be a whatever, not an alien. And And
4: in fact, in fact, the bus from the Muppet movie is in the driveway of that house that they're living in. So yeah, I think it's supposed to be like a sequel to the Muppet movie. And I'm like,
3: why? Why?
4: That's just blasphemy.
3: I th- yeah, I think like... it's kind of interesting though because I I I kind of feel like every muppet movie is a kind of commentary on the state of the muppets and I like the idea that in that movie they were just you know flat broke the car was broken down all living in the same you know run down house which which is just perfectly what that movie was it was a broken run down you know flop of a thing that should be condemned
1: yeah but uh on that note, let's move on to the next little bit. What you got next, neil
4: um well, I just wanted to uh bring up uh Brian Henson really quick' cause he's he's really kind of tried to break break away from the Muppets in uh in the past ten to fifteen years he he started by making like uh, uh productions based on Dr Seuss He did like the Webulous world Dr Seuss, which is kind of a weird mixture Jim Henson and Dr Seuss you know these two. Oh, beloved creators who are now dead and they're come together under these weird circumstances. And then the other thing he's he's done in recent years is called Puppet Up, which is a, a it's a it's a traveling performance. They do live shows and they do Muppet like they do like faux Muppets, where it's like because they sold the Muppets to Disney, they're not really Muppets, but they're it's in the spirit of classic Muppets. It's a, it's adult it's adult an adult puppet show. I mean,
3: if anyone if anyone has seen like the um... You know, CeeLo Greens for produ- you know productions of of uh, fuck you at some Academy Awards show. You know, he, he's got he's got all he's got like a dancing Muppet band of superheroes and aliens, and Gwyneth Paltrow comes out of a rocket. That was done by them. It was actually really good. <laughs> and, they, and what and what they did, the best part is that they is it is it they you know CeeLo just called them up. He said, "Hey, I want to do some I want to do something with the Muppets," and then and then they took. You know, a bunch of guys they had for an existing show, and then and then brought them out, and just put them into the musical number.
1: So it sounds like this actually inherited the spirit of the Muppets.
4: Yeah, I've seen YouTube clips of some of the stuff they do, and it's really funny. I've not seen the live show yet. I really want to go see it
1: someday. <laughs> you want to go there someday?
4: Yeah, I want to go back there someday. Okay go uh, back there
1: if you've never been there. Well, he's been he's been th- he's been there in spirit. It's a joke. You're a joke. <laughs> I want to. I want to go back to the classic
4: Muppets. There, that's the joke.
1: Sure, a towel. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but uh, uh, and in recent years, I've heard rumblings that they're going to make like a Fraggle Rock movie. But uh, I guess the actor who plays Doc is still alive. And uh, yeah, he is. He's I,
5: in Boondock Saints. Ooh, wow. And I think he was also in the sequel.
4: Wow. Yeah, and they're. But I don't know. I don't know if that's really progressing. I think that's been in uh, Arrested Development for years. And well, then, uh, if Arrested Development can come back,
2: yeah, exactly. Then some could
4: Fraggle Rock. Mm-hmm. But no. uh, and then the other one is the Dark Crystal. There have been talks for years of a Dark Crystal sequel directed by Gendi Tartakovsky.
1: That's the only guy that can do it.
4: Eh, yeah.
3: No. No. I'm sorry. I Gen- want to see this. Gendi Tartakovsky would be the worst guy to do it.
1: Who would you suggest? Then Craig McCracken?
3: Maybe. I mean, because, like, Genny Tartakovsky, he's a good action director, but he's very minimalist with characters. Mm. You know, like, well, Samurai Jack, you know, Samurai Jack is a, is a show that could go on, you know, w- without an entire word being spoken. And that's very good for what it is, but you don't get a lot of character development that way.
1: Well, about the one with the robot and his dog, that was a very no, character heavy episode.
3: No, it wasn't. Okay, the, we got nothing. <laughs> look, I, like, I went. we got nothing about, you know, I mean, it was the most superficial thing I'd ever seen. It was like, oh, the robot found a puppy. Yay, we like puppies. (laughs) Let's let's emphasize with this robot Uh. because he has a puppy. Yay. Oh, no, the puppy's in trouble. That means we have to feel sad for the robot.
1: Don, you told me the episode made you want to commit suicide and made you that sad.
3: No, I said that about the, uh, I, okay, no, no. The only thing, the only time I've ever even seen that episode was to compare it. To, the, you know, to, that, uh, to that thing with Iro in the Tales from Ba Sing Se. And that's when I said that made me feel really sad. Okay. If I said it made me want to kill myself, it was because of how bad it was. <laughs> it was just the worst, most cloying, insulting attempt at emotion I had ever seen. And I, look, I'm not saying Samurai Jack is a bad show. I think it's a great show. I just don't think it should have been half an hour long. I think it should have been like shorts, like the Clone Wars shorts, which were excellent. Uh, but I don't think that the format could have carried a half an hour thing.
1: Okay. So next is uh, next on the list is what Neil?
4: Well, we've been uh, we've been covering. I've been trying to cover as many of the puppeteers as I could. And I think the last one we're going to talk about is Eric Jacobson. And the only reason that he's really noteworthy is because you know time moves on. A lot of these guys, Frank Oz, Jerry Nelson, they're 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 retiring, and the new generation is stepping in. And Eric Jacobson sounds like he is haunted by the ghost of Frank Oz. But
1: Frank if Oz Frank isn't Oz even dead yeah. yet. He just sold yeah, out. Yeah, it's
4: like, yeah, he just he sounds so much like Frank Oz that people didn't even realize that Frank Oz retired back in 1999. They were like, "What? Miss Piggy has been voiced by this other guy all this time." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nobody real, nobody even noticed that they switched. <laughs> Wow, yeah he's, I'm not he's the been only doing all... one, <laughs> yeah, well, that's because he sounds freakishly just like just like Frank Oz, but uh and with life going on, you know uh Jerry Jewell, the guy who actually wrote a lot of the classic Muppet movies and shows yeah. and everything, he passed away this past decade, and uh, uh the last thing he ever did, well, the last thing was ever made that he wrote was uh, Muppets from Space, but he also wrote the cheapest Muppet movie ever. Yeah,
3: I, I really and hope that one gets made.
4: I don't think it will because I thought I thought it was supposed to be made from uh, the, from this last production and they didn't make it. Uh, and that was, I think it was Gonzo blew the budget on the movie, on the opening credits. And then for the rest of the movie, it's just them in one room shuffling all the props around and doing scenes that way. Like, they oh. never leave the room.
1: That sounds brilliant.
4: This, I, I... Yeah, it's... <laughs> Yeah, It's I, a very Muppet idea. If Muppet could be used as a verb, it's a Muppet idea. I
3: think it's an adjective.
4: Yeah. Well, shh.
1: <laughs> Adverb. You no, know, oh, no, no. Whatever. Okay. Past, present, participle. I
3: will grammar Nazi your face so hard.
4: <laughs> and then Disney acquired the Muppets officially in 2004. And that brings us up to the recent film, which I have not seen yet because I did it. I didn't want it to taint my uh, perspective on this show if it turned out bad, but I guess it's pretty good. I mean, people have been raving about how good it is.
5: Yeah, because I'm hearing that like it's like the opposite. Like all the bad stuff is in the trailer.
1: What the- really? The so so actually... it's not so it's not Jason mm-hmm? Segel masturbating anymore.
5: I I don't know. I huh. haven't seen I haven't seen the movie. Uh, I I, I'm, I don't want
3: anyone has anyone seen the movie but me, no. I have not seen it. Well what oh. the fuck are you all doing talking about it? No offense. <laughs>
5: <laughs> it's because it's my right as an American to be grumpy about See, we're
4: not we're not judging the movie. Right. We're
1: just No, Yeah, because- I,
4: I,
5: I Yeah, I, res- I
1: respect that. I respect you
4: that.
5: You should have heard me before. Like Yeah,
1: yeah. Stephanie said it was Jason Siegel masturbating and Kermit helping him. It's yeah, something it was, about farting. No, series. it was
5: it was Jason Siegel masturbating in front of a full length mirror. <laughs> <laughs> while Kermit was there and the camera was rolling.
3: Yeah, that is not what it is at all.
5: Okay. And oh.
4: and, Ker- and Kermit's collar was a pearl necklace. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you're back.
1: <laughs> but uh no, if if it's actually good, we should take a look at it, but that's uh... Well,
3: uh, for, I for one thought it was very good. But I mean, I you know, I can be pretty easy to please sometimes. So I re- I I mean, and and Ben and I, we've had a lot of arguments about you know about various things. So I'm willing to. So you know, if I like it, that probably means you won't.
1: (laughs) No, I actually, I actually (laughs) am not that choosy anymore. I'm I'm
3: just, I know, I'm just making. But uh, but I'm just saying that if that happened, you know, I wouldn't.
1: (sighs) But one thing I have to say is what this movie does show me definitely is, you know, you know, Steve Whitmire is a great speaking Kermit his singing kermit is nowhere near as good as henson's yeah
3: well no one's
4: gonna match henson i mean
3: i really I, need to listen to these voices side by side in order to tell i guess you know
4: well well even even if you think even if you can't tell the voices apart the way jim henson could sing is much different from the way steve Whitmire sings and it's noticeably different right from the get. And part but,
1: of it is because the kermit voice is actually extremely close to henson's normal speaking voice
4: yeah which was really low.
1: Yeah, it, it it sounds like it sounds like a really high voice like this, but it actually has a little bit of a has a little bit of a deepness in the back of it like this. And yeah. and I can't do it. So but but it it so when you hear Kermit sing Rainbow Connection in the Muppet movie, the original one, you, there there's this there's this there's this deepness in the voice there's it's sort of like uh, it has a charm to it sort of like when you watch uh, when you watch American Tale and the kid's voice breaks a little bit when he sings uh, somewhere out there it's that kind of it's that yeah. kind of gentleness in there that that sort of hits yeah. you right in the heart yeah
4: but you know I can't I can't really pick on Steve Whitmire because you know he's a good Kermit um I I sometimes worry that the vision isn't there anymore with the Muppets just because Jim Henson you know, like I said earlier, he likes to create these little worlds for us to enjoy, and the Muppets now they seem to be stuck in the Muppet show era where it's that central cast, and they don't deviate from there's
1: it there's no new worlds anymore
4: and, yeah and mm. uh, the the comedy is still there, and that's good you know i I wish that someone else would come along and and start creating again and I guess that's why we have Brian Henson, and
1: hopefully he'll he'll produce some. Maybe you'll make Some... enough money to buy them up its back. <laughs> Maybe, but I wouldn't hold my breath. And uh, to wrap up the show, I will sing. Oh god. Rainbow Connection.
5: <laughs> Get your lighters out, everybody.
1: Uh, sadly burn I have this. Missed... on your internet. So sadly I have misplaced my banjo, but uh I will do my best. <clears throat> play mouth
3: I'll play my I'll play my
1: lips as the music. Uh please don't. Isn't there
5: like a karaoke?
1: So here we go. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? And what's on the oh. other side? Get
3: off the stage.
1: Rainbows are visions. Rainbows only illusions. <laughs> rainbows have nothing to hide. So we've been told and some choose to believe it. I know the wrong way, and see. Someday we'll find it, the Rainbow Connection, the lovers, the dreamers, and me. All of us under its spell, we know that it's probably magic. Have you been half asleep? And have you heard voices? I heard them calling my name. Is this the sweet sound that called the young sailors? The voice might be one and the same. I've heard it too many times to ignore it. It's something that I'm supposed to be. Someday we'll find it. The rainbow connection. The lover's the dreamers and me.
5: You know I I let my cat listen to that and he he rubbed his face on the headphones. Oh. Uh-oh. So I think he likes it. Okay, good. Good. You made a cat happy.
1: Good. I I have been practicing and What? what? Hmm. I've been Why practicing. My internet have cut out there. <laughs> no, I'm
5: kidding.
1: Ben. <laughs> I, I, I'm kidding, Ben. I, I sing it, it from the heart and the Again, from the heart, I have to say that this was our Muppet Spectacular. I hope That's it's been spectacular great. for you listeners as it has been for us. I am your host, Ben.
4: And TV's Mr. Neal.
5: I'm Stephanie, perfectagentcomic.com, every Thursday.
3: I'm Don. I don't have a website, and I'm very, very sorry.
1: everything. <laughs> we know you are. Good night.
2: Bye.
0: Strive at the trouble and care, put them in columns and leave them
2: right there,
0: the peace of Christmas Day. The branch that bears the bright holly, the dove. Pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, it though. It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. I was terrible. Give him away! Hey.